Welcome to that Park Life Podcast. I am one of your hosts. I guess your hostess, Beth. And I'm sitting here with, who am I sitting here with? I am Greg, your host, but not hostess. Not hostess. And I'm coming at you live from my aunt's closet, believe it or not. We have to paint a picture. So first of all, I would like to say, if if you're new to this podcast, just know that typically our, uh, you know, Nicole, uh, I almost called you Nicole. Oh my gosh. Beth, Nicole is is my wife. Um, Beth's coming to us from from a different studio. This is the closet mm-hmm. studio because she's traveling <laughs> so if you find that her sound is a little off today we're working on it it's just it's a one-time thing here yes but I wanna... uh, i'm traveling go go ahead oh yeah what well, i was gonna say i really want to paint a picture because i can see what's going on um <laughs> in your treasure trove so i would like for you to describe a little bit of what what's around you i'm in the land of spaum um <laughs> so my aunt has a walk-in closet i'm staying in my aunt's house while i'm traveling i'm home in charleston and uh, I, you know, obviously I don't travel with a recording studio in my back pocket. Whoa, then you're so, not living. <laughs> so they have really high ceilings and nothing but hardwood floors in their house. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to record, I kind of need a quiet place. And they each have like their own little mini like walk-in closet. So I was like, I'm going to have to go sit in your closet. Is that weird? And she was like, no, I mean, I, I understand. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> I just need a space where there's like things that are sucking up all of the sound so that there's not a ton of echo. So if it sounds a little different, it's because I'm sitting in a closet um, next to a dirty clothes hamper and shoes. <laughs> Lots of shoes. Uh, I was oh trying God, to prop shoes. up my phone and, and, and Greg's like, what am I looking at? I'm like, some really, really old wedges that were like my mom's from years ago. And for, um, the, for per- the dudes, wedge is a type of shoe. Yeah, there's some purses and... You know, she's got lots of goodies in here. It's a really tall closet, too. So I'm on the floor, sitting on a blanket. Um, got my iPad up, my notes. It's all good. We're, We're going to have a great go. show today. We're going to yeah. have a great show today. We got Greg's a ton got of... his back scratcher. Oh, my it's gosh. Have you been watching me scratch? So uh, we've got a lot to talk about today because we're doing mm-hmm. a special kind of format here uh, where yes. we, we've definitely done, we've put our nose to some books and to some uh, articles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we've picked out some information that we find interesting about our park icons. When mm-hmm. I say our park, I obviously don't own the Disney park. So I do mean the Disney parks. Uh, today we're covering the two kingdoms, Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, past, present, history, uh, the story, origin of the park icon. So we got two this week and two next week. Um, and of course, before we get to our topic, uh, I don't really have a whole lot going on in my world this week. Except I got to tell you that your boy, Greg, um, again, because it's all about who you know, I will be yeah. riding the Skyliner Next <gasps> Monday, so a week from when this episode what? airs at 8 a.m. And I'm imagining they're going to allow us to take photos. This is like as part of a preview. Um, and I'm pumped about it. Pumped, pumped, pumped. So was this something you had to sign up for? Or Yeah, well, because, you know, this is for uh, cast and guests. So call me okay. a guest. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I think you sh- Are you going to go live? I think you should go live on our IG I, for our Patreons. First, I have to figure out what um, what's going on as far what as you, you being able to. I mean, I can't, they're not going to, they can't stop you from taking yeah, pictures. I can't see them regulating that. It's not yeah. like an attraction that's. Yeah. If they let you have all your stuff in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the Skyliner shouldn't be any different. The only thing I was thinking of is technically you're going like over things and or in backstage areas while you're up there. Maybe if it's not done yet, it's considered photos backstage. We'll figure it out. Because you do, depending on where mm. they let us go, you're going to go directly over the construction for Ratatouille, which may Ooh. not be fully ready to handle passengers above it, if that makes any sense. Okay. But we'll like, figure are that they out. Planning, I mean... Are they planning to put scrim around that? I, I really don't know. I, I'm hoping to find like, out. Like times are ticking. Y'all don't have a lot of time. Yeah, I don't know anyone who works with the Skyliner, so I don't have anyone to ask questions okay. to. Um, if hey, if anyone listening out there happens to be yeah. a cast member of the Skyliner, um, I know people Calling who have applied, but I don't know who's gotten there. But anyway, so if they do allow us to uh, to record, I will. I'll go live and I'll let everyone know on that Park Life podcast, Sweet. and I'll probably also mention it on my personal at Energy Adventures, um, and you'll see that. Because uh, I'm excited about, you know, what everyone's yeah. been talking about with it. I'm still um, trying to talk Doug into it because he's like, mm, no, thanks. And I'm like, oh, come on, let's just do it at least once. Just once. I think he was like, I will do it once and then that's it. And I'm like, okay. That's all you need. Like, yeah, Nicole is yeah. not interested. It's a height thing. It's a, yeah, I, and I get it. Yeah. It's not for everybody. Um, well, not too much going on here. I obviously I'm home for unexpected things that are going on. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I haven't really had, so I haven't really had too much going on outside of that this week, but we did, I think we did make some dining reservations for our March trip. So we always got some Disney on the back pocket and I think we got to do fast passes soon for our November trip. So all that's coming up. Yes. Well, I'm I'm excited for the November trip. I'm still working on, okay. I do have a little side story. So I signed up for, I think it's mousedining.com, like to get the, um, the dining, like, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Do they, is it the type of service that'll tell you if a reservation opens, like for yeah. a time that you select? Yeah. Like that Why can't I think of the word? <laughs> it's uh, been a week. Like a notification, an alert. Notification. There yes. An alert. Um, <laughs> things that I can't think of right now. Um, yeah. And so twice I've gotten an email, but they, it's never like sent me a text message. Hmm. So of course, by the time I get the email, every time I've gone to try to switch my, to change it up and get the reservation, it's gone. So I was oh, a little no. frustrated because I'm like, why is this not texting my phone where I can just literally go on it really quickly? Yeah. Sorry. Know. Did you hear that? Was that a buzz? Yeah. My phone buzzed Cause it's sitting on a piece of wood. Oh, that's Everybody okay. knows I'm on my phone. It's okay. Yes. Quote, I'm sitting on a piece of wood. There's a title Sorry. for a sex tape. <laughs> I'm eliminating that. That's for later. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah. So, it's just been a little bit frustrating because I'm like, please send me the text message so that I can go ahead and, like, quickly get on it. Because we have a breakfast reservation we're trying to change to a dinner at Ohana. Oh, yeah. I've been keeping and my eye on that for you, too, just in case. I know. That's not mouse so, dining. That's going... Greg dining. I know. So, I've just been trying to, like you know, check in on it. I know it's probably going to be one of those last minute things, but I'm like, who knows? Maybe I'll just get lucky. And I don't know. I feel like I've set like a million different notifications for it, but we'll see. <laughs> it's going to wake you up a night in the middle of the night. It's going to be two 30 in the morning. Like, oh my God, can I get my Ohana? <laughs> I'll be like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I don't care. So that's kind of all I have, but all should right. we move on to some news? Yeah. Let's talk about some news. News nuggets. Dip them in your sauce and put them in your mouth. I'll kick us off here. There's really not a whole lot going in the, okay. on in the news this week. And uh, plus, yeah. I really want to get to our, our topic of conversation because I'm the excited about it. Yes. Uh, so this is from DisneyParksBlog.com, your official source for Disney news. No rumors there. So uh, we knew it was coming that we'd be getting a new version of the lounge at the Grand Floridian. It has a name now. That's what this article mm-hmm. on the DisneyParksBlog.com was telling us about. The name is Enchanted Rose. Ooh. And we knew it was going to be themed after Beauty and the Beast, and they confirmed it's the live-action version of Beauty and the Beast. They have mirrors that are hanging in there, and when you look at them, it says, show me the beast! <laughs> Unfortunately, it just shows you a photo of my face. Uh, Dang it. Because, you know, we're hashtag food-motivated here. I figured we'd mm-hmm. start with the what they're calling their shareable bites. Um, and I'll tell you before I tell these things to you... It's certainly for a specific palate, let's say. It's, it's, there are not chicken nuggets here. Um, or, a, you know, those like uh, beer cheese dip pretzel things. It's not that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, they, ha- they are advertising to have an artisanal, artisanal, artisanal cheese artisanal. selection with pine nut bread and raisins. Okay. That's, maybe that's good for people. Um, It'll white... probably be like four bites worth. Yes, for forty dollars. Sorry, not be negative. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's the thing. Like that's not my jam, but I'm sure that's somebody's. Otherwise, would... and don't forget, this is the Grand Floridian, so it's not going to be yeah. something that's kind of chintzy looking. Uh, white sturgeon caviar, if you're feeling fancy. Ooh, mini... that's really fancy. Yeah, mini smoked short rib sliders with Ooh. glacier blue cheese and onion marmalade and brioche buns. That, that actually sounds, sounds really good, yes. Yeah. I'm not really a rib guy, but all the rest of that sounds good enough for me to eat it. Yeah. I would try that. Um, they'll also, they have something else I've never heard of called crab and nocchetti gratin. I don't know what that is. Ooh. I didn't even Google it. I was <laughs> well, like, you know what? If I can barely pronounce it, I know I'm not going to like it. Yeah. Um, and then for the rest of us, they have truffle fries, flatbread pizzas. <gasps> they, they are calling them house-made, so it sounds like they're going to be fresh at least and not frozen. Um, they're also uh, going to have me some- a- you had me at truffle fries. Truffle fries? Oh, those are good. Generally speaking, those are good. I have a feeling they'll do a good job here, too. Uh, signature cocktails, of course, as well. Uh, this is opening, and they're saying the the time frame they're giving us is, quote, this fall, which is, as you know, technically like five days from now. Technically, it's, technically it's like right now. Yeah, so yeah. I'm guessing it's the probably in time for Thanksgiving. If I had to take a guess, I would say maybe mid-November, about two months from now. Just, that's just a guess. I don't have any other information. Um, I'm excited about it. I don't even really care whether or not the live action Beauty and the Beast theme, if you will, fits in with the Grand Floridian because the concept art they gave, it really isn't like overtly Beauty and the Beast. 
It's right. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it's it's not Which like I feel like we're gonna people are gonna be mad about it, but yes, I mean, it's... it looks very nice. It's not like as you're walking in, there's a big giant statue of Beauty and the Beast, and you're walking under their arms like you would at like a, the right. value resorts. You know, they have like the big. It's not. That's not at all how it is. It looks more elegant it's and more, upscale. Yeah, it's an elegant. Yeah, I like to use the word elegant. It's more about being elegant because that's kind of what a lot of things are at the Grand Floridian. Yes. Especially with that, like the dress chandelier thing that they're doing. Yeah, it looks over that. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, I am. Um, obviously, we just have one more story, and that is the Halloween photo ops at Disney's Photo Pass Studios, and that's at Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been over there? I've never actually been I've over there. I've only walked through it. Okay. Um, yeah. So they have a bunch of backdrops that they um, are doing now for photo passes. I'm assuming they probably have just different packages and stuff you can get. Mm-hmm. Like if you just have photo pass or memory maker, the one day memory maker, they have different things that you can get in on, yep. but there's a lot, like there's a cocoa one, a couple of cocoa scenes, um, Maleficent scene. There's like a Halloween on main street. There's a couple of those. My favorite one is the Jack Skellington, like him up on the big hill that like twirls. Mm-hmm. You can do one in front of that. That's like my one of my favorite scenes from the movie. So I was excited about that. I thought that was yeah. cool. Typically with the PhotoPass studio, if you want to call it, at Disney Springs, um, if you have an annual pass, you know, you get the PhotoPass photos for free, yeah. generally speaking. I've heard uh, that these photos are included in that. So if you do have the memory oh, maker okay. purchased or if you have a pass that includes unlimited free downloads or whatever the, the phrasing is, yeah. um, you should That's be good with that sure too. That's I wasn't sure if this was like an additional thing you had yeah. to purchase. So. Of course, it's, there's a, there should be an a la carte kind of thing going on there too. They're not going to make you purchase the hundred and something dollar memory makers. Do it. I'm sure you could purchase, right. you know, by photo, by download or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's it for news. So that was pretty much, yeah, that was kind of it. Not, there wasn't a lot. I mean, I just feel like there's been so much lately. They have a lot of things in the works. So yeah. it's sort of, you know, there's little things here and there. We mentioned a couple things last week that have sort of been rolled out, but there's just, I wouldn't say there's a ton of other things going on. Uh, not a news item. I finally watched the live action version of Aladdin, and Greg gives it two thumbs up. Just by the way, I know some people don't. Oh, like good. It, but... What did you think about Will Smith? Here's the thing. Okay, I didn't mind him because I had to convince myself before okay. watching the movie that he's not. This is not a remake. I guess like it is a remake, but it's not supposed to be a shot for shot, like character for character, right? Remake. Right. So because of that, if I just remove that section from my memory and thought like if this was a standalone movie, I liked it. Um, I thought he was. I actually yeah. thought it was really good. I like the subtle fresh Prince of Bel Air reference that was in there. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't. Yep. For those of you, um, yeah. And there's a couple of things, a couple of background stuff I noticed um, that I really like. Some Easter eggy things. I, I actually really enjoyed the storyline. It was a little bit different. It's a little bit longer of a movie. The original Aladdin's a little short. Well, I mean, it's an animated movie. You would think right. it's only like it's less yeah, than it's ninety an minutes. Film. This is closer to two hours. Yeah. Get a little more backstory on Jafar. Like just some stuff I really liked that was fleshed right. out. Um, I like. I thought Jafar could have been better casting. Yeah, that was kind um, of a strange but thing. Overall, but yeah. I liked Aladdin and Jasmine though, especially Jasmine had a good speaking yeah. voice. Her voice was actually pretty close to what the original Jasmine sounded like, a little bit. Like you can hear, yeah, a similarity, a level of comfort yeah, in her for voice. Sure. All right, enough of me being a movie critic. Uh, let's talk about some history. This week in Disney history. Ooh, all right. So this week in 2012, Ariel's guests were able to dive under the sea and become part of her world with the Little Mermaid wing. It was the Little Mermaid wing, sorry, at um, Disney's Art of Animation. Oh. It officially opened. I don't know if you remember when it was like a big deal. Everyone's like, oh, they're doing like a whole wing of um, yeah. of Ariel suites and all of that. Um, so yeah, that's when it opened. It was the fourth and final phase um, of the Art of Animation. So yeah. I haven't stayed there yet. It's one of the few, it's not a whole yeah. lot of resorts. I have only two left, the Yacht Club and Art of Animation that I haven't stayed at. It's on my list. Yeah, I've walked around over there, yeah. but we haven't stayed there yet. Like the first time, I guess we stayed at Pop Century and it kind of backs up to Art it of does, Animation. It does, yeah. Over by Hourglass so, Lake. Yeah, and it was closer for us to go to the Art of Animation buses than to go to <sighs> our buses. So that's wow. what we did, and it was really nice. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over to uh, I guess a neighbor park, actually a park you can get to on the Skyliner from Art of Animation, uh, over Ooh. at Epcot in 1996. The Universe of Energy reopened. Oh. And at at the time was a brand new version of the show starring comedian and now talk show host Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen so DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres and stupid Judy 
play about what <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, right? And of course, Alex Trebek is in there, Bill Nye the Science mm-hmm. Guy, all your faves uh, yep. were in there. Rip to Universe of Energy. That was a long time ago. I mean, think about that. That was, this is, why do I always put myself in the corner where I have to do math? It's like 30, almost 20 something. 20 Ellen something had years like shoulder length hair with bangs and it was terrible. Yes. And she was wearing a uh, poor fitting uh, pants suit for parts right. of it. Right. Yes, that kind of thing. I'm sure she wishes some of that wasn't actually in yes. history, but you know, things happen. It is what it is. And even though like I'm kind of jokingly saying rip to the universe of energy because I think the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is the name they're giving it. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be boss. It looks Did cool. Did you see the cars? Yeah. Yes. It looks cool. I was like, <gasps> I can't wait. I mean, you're like hooked into that thing. So yes. I'm excited about all the twisting and turning and wanting to throw up afterwards. It's going to be great. <laughs> can't wait. Can we get ready? Uh, that should be their tag. Like, guys, get ready to vom all over the universe. <laughs> uh, so I'm really excited, if it hasn't become apparent yet, to talk about our park icons uh, yes. our, as part of our two-part series of covering the history, some origin stories, what's going on with these things now as compared to when they were just being conceived and, and even constructed. Uh, so today we're doing Animal Kingdom uh, icon, the Tree of Life, and then the Magic Kingdom icon, which is, of course... Cinderella Castle. Mountain. Oh, I got the wrong one. Oh, sorry, sorry. Wrong mountain. <laughs> so uh, let's start with the Tree of Life. Let me set the mood a little bit here. So let's pretend mm. we're we're walking into at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. By the Oasis here. I feel like the kind of steamy sound coming through, it does remind me of the misters when you're walking in there. There's yes. always misters going off. Yes. Uh, they're like, oh, they're like, oh, is it drying out a little bit? We need to make it a little bit more muggy. Let's turn the misters on. Turn, yeah, turn them up to high. Turn them up, Steve. Hey, Steve not everyone's turn, sweating. Turn them up to high. Yeah. <laughs> I saw somebody that had a dry brow. We need to, you need to turn it up. Um, okay, so one of, so we had, we have many different sources that we've gotten this information. Um, this one is according to Disney.fandom.com. Uh, basically, the backstory when the park first opened was that once upon a time. Uh, there could be no vegetation grown on Discovery Island. There were no trees or shrubs or flowers. Nothing was able to be grown there. Basically, it was a barren piece of land. And then one day, a tiny ant planted a seed and made a wish. And we all know how wishes go in Disney. Um, he asked for a tree to grow and then a tree large enough to provide shelter for all of the animals, right? All of the animals of the kingdom. Wow, what a nice ant. Magically, as things do with Disney, the wish came true. So the tree be- began to grow. And it kept growing until there was room beneath its limbs for all of the animals. So from A to Z, from ants to zebras, could live could live there. Um, as the tree continued to reach for the heavens, the images of all of the animals took sh- that took shelter beneath its shade appeared on the trunk and on the roots and on the branches. So that's kind of the backstory there. Yeah. Um, By the way, I want to I want to point out. So the part of the inspiration for doing this episode was that little bit. Um, that we read from that from the Disney.fandom.com. But also, this is something that Shannon used in her post. You might be following her on Instagram, at Magical Shannon Marie. That, yes. A part of the excerpt is what she had in her post. I was like, you know what? I really want to find out more about the Tree of Life. Because I feel like I you know, I see it, obviously. Um, you may know that it's considered to be modeled after a baobab tree, which is also something you see on the safari. And, of course, because it's Disney, there's a story behind it. So, of course, it's a little, right. cute, a little cute ant that mm-hmm. uh, may or may not be Flick, I guess. I don't know. Um, that of course wished wished for stuff that would create a nice harmonic harmonic uh, environment for everyone to live in. Harmonious. Harmonious. That's what I'm looking for. Not to be confused with the new fireworks <laughs> show at Epcot called Harmonious. That's um, true. So beyond the story, of course, there's some construction information and mm-hmm. some stats I want to throw everyone's way. The tree currently stands at 145 feet tall. Okay. There are 325 animals, reptiles, mammals, and birds, all included in the trees. Uh, when this was under construction, when it was being built in, in time for the park to, to open, the, uh, the sculptors that were working on the animals during construction had a really specific window of time to finish their work. Uh, they were saying between 6 and 10 hours was that window. So after that, the plaster they're working with would become too firm to work with. They'd have to basically... Uh. Like, scratch it so they really and obviously they're not right. going to want to do that they got to keep pushing forward so imagine like a pressure situation and six to ten hours might sound like a lot but these things were like i mean this is this ginormous wasn't just, yeah a 3d printer they turned that thing on walked away went on <laughs> vacation came back and boom tree of life this is really it's, done like, by... it's only like millions and billions of people are going to see this every <laughs> yes year. yeah i mean it's a it's a park icon they're taking it seriously 
Um, a little talk now about the actual roots and branches and the carvings on the tree, because there's a lot going on here. Yeah. The roots of the tree of life represent how animals evolved from simpler forms to more complex beings, which is why you'll see the first carvings there are dinosaurs. Although I don't know if I consider dinosaurs simple. I mean, they're pretty. Have you seen the T Rex with little <laughs> tiny arms and big body? Maybe that is pretty yeah. simple, actually. Uh, beyond the dinosaurs and other prehistoric sea life creatures, um, you'll get some African wildlife and then birds and then bugs. I guess bugs are considered a little more complex beings than dinosaurs. Um, that's a little bit of an evolution there. Uh, and the carvings themselves become complex. So not only are they representing animals that have a more complex makeup, but the carvings themselves become more intricate to reflect the complexity of the animals, which is like, what? Like what? what? How do they think about that? And then they have to commit and actually do it. So think about that. As their project is progressing, they're having to spend more time as they're finishing up. Right. Now they're getting to that. That's nuts to me. Um, well, and we know that Disney's just, they're always about the details. So it's kind of like, I mean, it's however long it takes, but yeah, it's also like it we have deadlines, happen. but mm -hmm. you got to make sure you get this done. And you can like really get a, a good look at the carvings while you're waiting online for the It's Tough to Be a Bug. More on that attraction in a minute. The yeah. last carving <laughs> you see before you actually hit the turnstiles is a chimpanzee. No, it's not a random chimp. This is a pretty specific one. Um, it is actually it has a name. It is David Graybeard. This happens to be the chip that was named by world-famous mm. chimp lover Jane Goodall. Jane Goodall. Yeah. Uh, she was invited for a special viewing of that chimp carving unveiling, and it's the only carving in a tree with a name. With a white man's name. With a white man's name. How would you know that? <laughs> um, and this particular chimp, David Graybeard, was the first to be observed in the wild uh, using a making his own tool to use in the wild so this is a not the carving obviously it's carving but the actual chimp that it's named after uh is famous for having a having been discovered trying to make his own tool in the wild so of course that's the chimp they chose right for the tree the chimp isn't the only carving in the tree with a story you'll find a scorpion carving in the mix there i guess you know this is not definitely not in the dinosaur and prehistoric era section yeah um, this one was done by Imagineer by the name Zolt Horme. It kind of sounds like it's, that's like a code <laughs> name, right? That's like his, yeah. yes. Um, that's his that's alias. His, his pseudonym, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was the chief sculpt, uh, sculptor and senior production designer of the Tree of Life. He included the scorpion and a koala bear in two different parts of the tree at the request of his uh, son and daughter. So he got two little kids in his life, and they really like scorpions mm. and koala bears, and he tossed them in the tree. Now, of course, there's 325 different animals involved. Maybe you'd think a scorpion and a koala would have been, but they weren't specifically because his kids requested it. Right. So if you find those while you're looking around, uh, that, that's why those are in there. Giraffes were included in the carvings, not accidentally. There's a reason for that, too. This was a nod to their status of first inhabitants of the park. So they're the first animals to be you know, living there at the park. Living so there at the safari? Food. Yeah, or just somewhere in the park, somewhere in the reserves. Give it up for the giraffes! The giraffes, hopping their big necks all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, Imagineers wanted to add a little bit of realism. Oh, you know, I just realized the Tree of Life music. So, guys, is everyone liking this? It's like, <laughs> oh, I've been feeling listening. it. Oh I've been God. listening. Uh, the Imagineers wanted to add some realism into the tree. So they added in what they're calling expansion joints which essentially oh. allow parts of the tree to sway a little bit in the wind. So instead of having this big, like, essentially, con it's not made out of concrete, but kind of like think of like a big concrete thing that wouldn't move at all huh. if there was a really strong breeze, it would be able to tell, like, it's not even moving a little bit. So right. I don't think it's going to be the type of thing where it's swaying to the point where you think it's going to break. Yeah. That's not it at all. Just a little give so that you can see yeah. it's actually moving a little bit in the wind. It's beautiful, too, it to watch. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the functions of it and how it's changed over the years. Mm -hmm. um, originally, the plan was to house a restaurant and a children's play area underneath. Uh, the concept drawings included a geodesics. Is that how you say that? I think it's geodesic, but I'm not an expert. Geodesic, yo. <laughs> geodesic. I'm going to say geodesic because I want to. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was supposed to be to uh, the geodesic sphere basically would be the middle between the base and the branches. Mm -hmm. But then once the base was built, they uh, the Imagineers actually determined that it, it could hold up the branches without the sphere. And so they were like, eh, we don't need it. Let's not worry about it. Forget it. Yeah. So they said, let's forget about it. So instead, they put in, as you know, it's tough to be a bug attraction. 
Um, it opened with the park in April on April 22nd of 1998. That's when the park opened. And uh, Michael Eisner, actually, you know, everybody knows the CEO. If you've probably heard his name before, Michael Eisner. Um, he had the idea to use a tie-in for the upcoming Bugs Life project from Pixar. So that's kind of why they chose that. Um, and it's funny, the origin story has to do with an ant because, I mean, it kind of all ties together. It's like, yeah. well, there's a Bugs Life and there's Flick the ant and the whole origin story is about an ant. So it does kind of like work together. Uh, the hopper animatronic animatronic in Bugs Life is eight feet tall. Um, at that time, it was considered to be one of the most complex animatronics made. Eight that feet word is, tall. Yeah, that's a little cray cray if you yeah. think about it. Like I'm like, I have a friend who's six nine, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> so eight feet's like that's up there, man. That's like basketball well, players now. Even if it weren't, if the hopper animatronic wasn't eight feet tall, it's still the part it's, of the show where the kids scream. Because, you know, there's like, yeah. a, there's like a bolt of lightning or a flash of light or something. Yeah. And then the smoke pour down, pours down from the top of the thing. And, he's you know, so like. Right. It could be like four feet and the kids probably still would have screamed. I, I mean, I, I scream a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the queue features music that is a series of parodies of songs from like musicals and plays. Yes. So I have kind of a list that I'll read out to yes. you. Um, of course, you know, I are, love this. Yes. These are really funny. Okay. So the first one is um, one. Um, a cockroach line. <laughs> Which, what, how does that, why don't I remember what, how that goes? I honestly don't know. But of course it's a play on the, a chorus line. But it's a cockroach line. Yes. Uh, and then there's Beauty and the Bees, which is obviously Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. uh, another one is Tomorrow by Annie, but it's by Auntie <laughs> instead. We need to look up the lyrics for these. <laughs> um, another one is I Feel Pretty by Website Story instead <laughs> of West Side Story. Which, that's the, I feel pretty, yes. oh, so pretty. And then there's, instead of Hello Young Lovers by The King and I, it's Hello Dung Lovers no. by the, the Dung and I. And then the last one that I have on here is Tonight, which is also by West Side Story instead of West Side Story, um, which is Tonight is like mixed with Flight of the Bumblebee. Yes. Which is not Tonight, Tonight, yes. <laughs> it's only you tonight. Um, so I love those. And if you, it's kind of one of those things that's, it's playing in the background. Yeah. And so you're like, unless you're not really paying, like when you start paying attention, you're like, are y'all hearing this? Yes. Like, are you listening to this? And they have the posters around too for like the fake, like Playbill yeah. or like, uh, uh, Broadway style posters around. Right. Um, and then as functioning wise, uh, the last thing that I have here is that at night, obviously the tree of life awakens. Um, they have projections and stories of individual animals represented in the carving. So they kind of go through all those things. They're just different things that they do at night. They light it all up, and it's it's really cool looking at night. It is. And it's one of those things where you are walking by the Tree of Life probably to get to and from Pandora. Yeah, and, and it just happens. Yeah, and you're like, why are there people standing around? You might even think they're yeah. just standing around to take a photo because that's a photo pass spot. Yeah. Um, but no, they're standing there probably watching the Tree of Life Awakenings. And right. uh, they do special ones sometimes throughout the holidays. Um, I believe they're doing special ones for Christmas season uh, coming right. up. Um, so definitely, if you've seen some before. And it's it's not a spectacular, right? So this is not the same thing as the projection shows they do at yeah. Hollywood Studios that precede fireworks. are certainly not what you're going to see during right. Happily Ever After. It's its own subtle Animal Kingdom style projection that, of course, because this is continuing with their story of how all the animals are interconnected and they each have their own story. It highlights a carving within the tree, and it, and it tells you a little bit about that animal. It's basically like story time yes. with the Tree of Life. <laughs> with your narrator, Mr. Branch. Which I feel like they should do something with, uh, what is it, Grand Grandmother Willow? Because that's always the first thing I think of when I see the Tree of Life. Yes. It's Grandmother Willow from Pocahontas. I'm like, does she narrate? She needs to narrate. If not, maybe get Michelle Branch on the line. She's not singing anymore. I'm surprised she's <laughs> not over at uh, Eat, to, Eat to the Beat for Food and Wine. So anyway. That's right. Uh, that's the tree of life. So hopefully you walked away yeah. with, you're walking away with a little bit of, uh, extra facts there. It makes me just want to go look at it. And it really does. It makes me want to go run to the park. Not right now. Cause it's nighttime. Run to the park and go like skulk around there and see all the different carvings. Cause I know that I've spent some time looking at them and the chimp, uh, carving I was mentioning earlier, it's a photo opportunity too. He kind of, the way that he situated his hand is kind of out and you can sit yeah. in it and lean up against it and it'll hold your weight. No big deal. Um, and you can get a picture of it. It was designed that way to be, it was designed that way on purpose so you can have a photo right. opportunity with it. Well, I want to do that. We haven't done that. Yeah. And now if you... I will say we're really bad. Like we've never, I don't, I don't think we've ever just like stood and looked at all of the things of the tree of life. It's, I think awesome. it's just always been one of those like, Hey, it's really cool, but we got to get to a fast pass. Yeah. We got to get we have our <laughs> safari fast pass in 10 minutes. Um, yeah. Now when you come out of it's a bug, it's a bug life. What? Uh, it's tough to be a bug. 
um, you know, most people are going right. If you turn left, uh, that's an opportunity for you to get even you know a different, per- usually a much quieter perspective of the yeah. tree of life. That's not the only way to access that area, but if you're going to be in the attraction, you might as well just come out and make a left. Um, there's not normally a lot of people there, and you'll be able to see the back of the tree of life, which is nice. Up close, yeah, don't, anyway. Don't worry. There will still be steam back there, too. <laughs> yes, there's steam <laughs> They'll make sure to... They'll be spritzing you. They'll be spritzing. sure to spritz you. Spritzing 24-7. Uh, so let's hop over to La Magic Kingdom. La Magic Kingdom. Ma- they don't call it that. But, of course, so we'll set the mood over there, too, for a Thank little... Thank you. A little... Let's move this. <laughs> hey, this is an advertisement for the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Not a sponsor, Stop so we're going to act like... <laughs> I thought, like, yeah, I was, you know what? I, you know, I prepare. This is not a random thing. I'm I'm like, like, I, it really me, did set the mood. Let me play the video before, so I get rid of okay. the ad. Here we go. Oh, there we go. Gosh, do you feel like you're floating off into the sunset? Yeah, and it's like gets really high pitch. It's like, ah, woo! <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, everyone. Jeez, Seriously. get it. It's um, a really cool thing. They might as well use that audio for parts of the Halloween party. <laughs> uh, so we've collected some information about Cinderella Castle. Now you're going to hear mm-hmm. me probably pretentiously call it Cinderella Castle and not Cinderella's Castle. Do you remember last week when I gave a list of things that kind of are my pet that, peeves? What was it that I kept saying? Uh, well, you said uh, Mouse said Gears once. once. Mouse Gear. Mouse yeah, Gear. Mouse, Mouse Gears. Yes. Uh, Cinderella's um, also, Castle is one of them. I do want to preface this section with like, we're probably going to botch some of these names up because there's a lot of foreign names involved. Yes. I actually, um, I knew so, so badly I was going to botch them, but I actually removed some of them so, for the part that I'm going to say. Gregory! I know, well, whatever. <laughs> so uh, okay. the origin story, of course, for Cinderella Castle is a little bit more detailed than the Tree of Life one, because the Tree of Life, I mentioned before, was modeled after a certain tree. How Cinderella Castle came to be is a little bit different. Um, it's more of like a collection of influences. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to start with Cinderella Castle is to just kind of jump back in history a little bit and look at castles as a whole and how they've mm-hmm. changed and how they wound up being a part of the Disney parks worldwide. Uh, castles first served as a protective structure for cities and villages, of course. Over time, after some advancements in weaponry happened, it basically shifted the focus away from defense and instead castles became a showcase of wealth and status. The castle life, or life in the palace, became a key component in fairy tale stories shared over time. And of course, we know Disney is known for their animated films, which are, mm-hmm. a lot, especially in the beginning, revolving around fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty Castle was, of course, the first Disney castle that was built. Um, some important names to remember at that time and during the construction, because they're going to come up when we talk about Disney World, were Marvin Davis and Marjorie Davis. And then Herbert Dickens Ryman, which I'm changing my name to. Uh, <laughs> he was a production illustrator. The two Davises, Marvin and, Major- and Marjorie Davis, researched castles around the world and came up with a design. And then Ryman, who was the production illustrator, scaled it back when the overall design of Disneyland was happening. So he kind of fine-tuned it. Um, and the three of them wound up c- coming up with the majority of what the actual castle was. Um, the and this is one name I'm gonna butcher. The New Schwanstein Castle, right, um, mm-hmm. was found in Germany. I'm sorry, found in Germany was the main inspiration for Sleeping Beauty Castle. So this is definitely what mm-hmm. sets Cinderella Castle apart from Sleeping Beauty because Cinderella Castle was inspired by about eight castles. Mm-hmm. So from all different parts. So this time, uh, Herbert Ryman again. This is the uh, production illustrator stated that the following castles helped inspire the design, along with Cinderella's actual castle, of course, depicted in the film Cinderella from 1950. Um, These came from all over the place. There were castles in Versailles, Bavaria, Segovia, Segovia, whatever, Poland, (laughs) Prague, and three or four castles in France. You can tell there's all kinds of different... Uh, European influences here in this. It wasn't. I feel just like one. you should. I feel like you should pick another one from this list and just try to try to sound it out. Well, I don't even know where I, they went away. <laughs> so hold on, let me go over here because Beth is going to make me jump through this hoop. And it can't be the and it can't be the ten church one in Prague. That's okay, too fine. easy. It needs so to be one of the other ones. Let's talk about the. Let's do one of the chateaus. I know. I was just <laughs> going to say. I hate there's them all. Okay. four. Okay, there's four chateaus in France that are in that are on this list. So one. Of, I think you should pick one of them. 
I'll, well, I'll do one if you do one. Uh, listen, there be... were there were four castles in France that that were used to uh, as inspiration for Cinderella mm-hmm. Castle, and they are in no particular order: Chateau de Chambord in France, <laughs> Chateau de Chamont in France, the Chateau de Pierrefonds. <laughs> what accent was that? And then, of course, let's not forget the most important one: the piece del resist something, the Chateau de Chenonceau. <laughs> I, oh, I would yeah. say Shinacho. I think I accidentally slipped into Christopher Walken. Shinacho. Yeah, I don't know. Um, You're saying it all wrong. You're saying it all wrong. So there are, of course, a couple of <laughs> You're castles. You're talking to me all wrong. <laughs> a couple of castles there that were used as inspiration. And I, I'm butchering the name of these mm-hmm. things. Um, of course, uh, we talked about how the Cinderella movie was an influence as well. Cinderella was written by Charles Perrault, who essentially wrote a bunch of stories, who wound up, he wound up being a figure where the literary genre fairy tale was kind of coined by him. It was like his, it was his milieu. There's a French word for you. Ooh, look at you. Yeah. The original uh, story was called the little glass slipper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cinderella castle was ultimately designed to reflect a late Gothic flamboyant style of the 1400s, which is how now I what- describe my wardrobe. <laughs> incidentally. I was like, now whatever that means, yes, that's what it was. Whatever that's that what means. it said. Yeah. So Beth hit us with some more facts about the castle. Yeah, okay, so if that wasn't enough for you guys, um, it's, you know, big backstory there. Uh, but there is a lot of, there's a lot of statistics and stuff going on, so bear with me. So the first one is that the castle took 18 months to build. Um, it was finished in July of 1971. The park opened, obviously, um, October 1st. So they did have a couple months once it was finished before the park opened, but it was one of the original attractions, like original things. It stands 189 feet tall, which is more than 100 feet taller than Sleeping Beauty Castle. Yes, that little teeny um, tiny castle. Yeah. Well, one thing I read about Sleeping Beauty was that um, the same guy that designed this one made it smaller. It originally was supposed to be larger, but he made it smaller, I guess, because he wanted it to fit more with the park. Uh-huh. And then I guess with this park, they wanted it to be more of this like grandiose thing. Yes, because the park so, itself was bigger. Yeah. So Ryman and the other designers, they wanted the castle um, tall enough to be seen from Seven Seas Lagoon. So that it would draw guests into the center hub of Magic Kingdom. And then from there, everybody that would come in would then have access to go to all the other lands. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why it's the center focal point. Um, Another fun fact that I found was that it stands 189 feet tall because the FAA, which is the Federal Aviation Administration, they require warning lights at the top of any structure that's 200 feet or higher. So both Expedition Everest and Tower of Terror are at 199 feet for that very reason because they didn't want to have to be uh, they didn't want to have to put blinking lights at the yes. top of these things because then you, you're like you're like wow this looks really real and takes me back check out the blinking lights yeah. at the top <laughs> could you imagine like everyone's like like you're especially there you're there getting proposing or whatever and right. it's, it's at night and it's like super romantic and there's a red blinking yeah. light in the background exactly so it's 189 feet um for that reason it is made of 600 tons of steel with a concrete foundation um, they also have fiber reinforced gypsum plaster. So it's not brick. It may, you know, you look at it and you're like, Oh, it looks like brick. It's actually a plaster. Um, there's upper tower, upper towers that are made of fiberglass. And then the roof is shingled in plastic, which is similar to what, uh, like computer monitors are shelled in. Can we talk so about sh- this plaster for a second? Yeah. I was in the park, I don't know, maybe a year ago or so. And I was walking with Nicole and there was a dad mm-hmm. and a son behind us. And the son was like, Oh my gosh, look at this castle dad. It's so cool. It's so big. Like and he's pointing out details and stuff, and the dad leans down and is like, "You know, those aren't really bricks, right? Those are like it's like plastic and plaster and stuff." And I was like, "Let the kid dream, man. <laughs> let the kid think." I'm not saying that kid should be like you know coddled yeah. and stuff. I'm like, let the kid think it's for a little bit of yeah. time until he gets older and better and hates the world like everyone else. Let well, the poor kid defense, think. In his defense, in his defense, he was just nerding out himself. He so. was nerding out, but it's like oh, I, every time I think about that. About the how the castle. I know we're talking about here now that yeah, the castle's yeah. not bricks, but like the point of this was to talk about the history and the construction. Right. He was like, I took the tour. I know the real stuff. <laughs> um, so like like Sleeping Beauty Castle, it was built using a technique called force perspective, which a lot of people may know about with Disney. They do a lot of this. Um, basically, uh, features such such as doors and windows are full size at ground level. They do this with a lot of different things. So. For the castle, so like doors and windows are basically full size at ground level. So if you're standing in front of them, you're like, oh, this looks like a normal window Mm -hmm. or a door. But then as you go up, they're sized down smaller and smaller to give you the effect that things are higher and like further away. Yes. And it's not even proportionate. So I I was reading up on this. By the way, if you saw on our Instagram, I posted a photo of a book that I was reading. It wasn't a joke or like a 
like a scam. Yeah. I like I really I'm, this is a book that I have handy to read. It's the Hidden Magic of Walt Disney World, and in it, mm. it was saying that the castle is set as an 80, 60, 40 scale. So not including okay. like the very main level of like especially that the door you actually walk in, but like right. just slightly above that, they consider that to be eighty percent of a normal scale. Because if it was okay. real, real, you know, it would be the contrast would be stark. Then the next right. level up is at a sixty percent. That's a huge jump. And yeah. then the main, the topmost level is at a forty percent scale. So they're right. really jumping to make it seem like it's much larger than it is. Yeah, and it just they they basically say it just tricks your eyes into thinking that those features are further away. Yes. Um, thus creating the illusion that things are taller, like much taller and larger than they actually are. I've been bamboozled. Every I know. Time I look at it. But you're like, okay, whatever, Disney. Yeah, you I can like bamboozle it. me. It looks cool. Um, it has, I didn't realize this, it has 27 towers yeah. and 13 gargoyles. I was like, 27? That can't be right. Yeah. Um, but each of them are numbered from 1 to 29. Um, numbers 13 and 17 were actually canceled before construction when it was discovered that they couldn't really be seen from anywhere else in the park. <laughs> Basically due to like other Fantasyland buildings. And so they just took those out. So there's a couple, le- you know, so there's 27 and not 29, even though they are numbered from one to 29, they just took a couple out. Interesting. Yeah. The tower with the clock in the front is number 10. The tallest is number 20. And then number 23, 23 is the other like golden roofed tower. Roofed. Roofed tower. <laughs> golden roofed. No, I hate, I, it's not rough. It's roof. <laughs> it is built to sustain 125 mile per hour winds. So that's why, like, when they have hurricanes come through, sometimes they're like, eh, it's all right. We don't need to do anything to it. It's it's already built for that. Um, It is surrounded by a moat. Obviously, you know that. The moat contains approximately 3.37 million U.S. gallons of water. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of water. Not currently, though. It's a little empty right now. Yeah, it was like, it's a little empty right now because they're expanding. So maybe there'll be less water after this. But the outside was originally painted gray, blue, and gold. However, you may remember for the 25th anniversary in 1996, everybody knows this. If you know, you know, the castle was turned into a pink birthday cake decorated with different kinds of candy. Um, As I always say, I'm I'm just going to go ahead and apologize again to those that got married that year at Disney. (laughs) Um, in 2006, the exterior colors were changed to off-white, pink, brown, um, and then the dark blue turrets. Turrets? Turrets? Turrets. Not turrets. turrets. The, the castle isn't randomly <laughs> saying expletives. Yeah. Three of the turrets um, are and have always been topped with 18-karat gold leaf. Mm. So, And then the last thing that I have in this little section here of your fun facts is that the gorgeous mosaics depicting the tale of Cinderella underneath. So if you've ever walked through the castle... They have these beautiful, beautiful mosaics. They were designed by Disney artist Dorothy Redmond and crafted by mosaicist Hans Joachim Scharf <laughs> in the castle archway. Hopefully I said that right. Sorry, Hans. Um, it took two years to complete those, and each of those are 15 by 10 feet, and they use over 500 colors made of Venetian glass, small tea, something called small tea, uh, silver, and 14 karat gold. 500 colors, and I can probably point out about four of them. 525,600 colors. I don't know. They just, a <laughs> lot of colors, a lot of materials going it's into that. Lot. But those things are gorgeous. Yes. It, it, really, sure. it really is cool. And of course, the mural happens on the inside of the castle. Let's, let's continue talking more about the inside of the castle because there's a lot yes. going on back then. And of course, yep. there's a lot going on now, and there's a lot in between. So we know that the second story, or at least within. Cinderella Castle is the Cinderella's Royal Table. Uh, it used to be called King Stephen's Banquet Hall. That name changed in 1997. The restaurant is, if you've never been up there, it's decorated not only with a number of stained glass windows, some of which you can see when you're on the outside looking in. They also have a bunch of medieval objects and more than 40 coats of arms. Each of these was an actual family seal and represent some of the many people who played a major role in the design and construction of the Walt Disney World Park, you know, of all of Walt Disney World, uh, including, these are some names you might you might know might know and recognize, uh, Roger Brogy Sr., an Imagineer, and Railroad, Railroad, Railroad Aficionado, who aided in the design of many attractions in the parks. Mark Davis, an animator and theme park designer, you probably have heard that name before, I think we've even mentioned it, Roy O. Disney, I don't know, I think it's like Walt's brother or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marty Sklar, Imagineer Vice Chairman and Principal Creative Executive who worked alongside Walt Disney. And that's probably a name you've heard before, too. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is a uh, there's a, a royal guest suite, if you will, with that wasn't the original intention, though, of that space. 
there was a penthouse drawn up as part of the castle design so that Walt and his family could reside in there while they were visiting Florida. After he died in 1996, they did give Roy O. Disney the option to take up that space, but he declined it. It wound up becoming a switchboard operating center uh, mm-hmm. and a dressing room. It wound up being renovated in 2005 and became the the suite that we all know and love and really want to desperately get into and willing to right? do, willing oh, to do anything. Pretty much. Uh, no task too small or large. There are three <laughs> elevators within the castle. Um, if you've ever gone up to Cinderella, Cinderella's Royal Table, you've been on one of them. That's the one that is basically for guests and obviously cast bringing the guests up. Mm-hmm. It goes between the ground level and Cinderella's Royal Table. The second restaurant, nope, the second uh, elevator is for restaurant staff use. It's located in Tower 2, which is to the left of the drawbridge. Uh, it has landings on the Utilidor level, the mezzanine level uh, for a break room, and then on the second floor of the kitchen. The third elevator in Tower 20, that was the tallest one, that services the Utilidors again, the Breezeway, the kitchen, also of Cinderella's Royal Table, and the Cinderella Castle Suite. Mm. So you can't just randomly get to the suite by poking around in there. If you're trying to, if you're trying well, to I mean, find the door that gets there. I was like, did they do that so that you can get food from the kitchen up to your suite? <laughs> Probably. I would imagine that you're entitled to room service because I would yeah. also imagine every time you leave that suite, you have to be uh guided right you can't be just randomly going in there and leaving so escorted so they probably want to just bring your dinner bad to take right. a guess the suite itself is about 30 feet below uh that spot in the castle where tinkerbell takes off and flies mm-hmm. over to tomorrow and if you're kind of trying to figure out where that room is yeah so it's like high up there it's pretty high up there yeah it's uh from january which 2000 we, well like which we've learned it's not really that high up there it just looks like it, it just looks like it the, from the forest perspective from January 2007 through December 2009, the suite was used only as a prize. The only way to get there was to win it as part of the Disney Dreams giveaway at the Walt Disney World Resort mm-hmm. during the Year of a Million Dreams celebration. Year of a Million Dreams. A million dreams. In 2007, the castle opened up the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, first introduced at Downtown Disney, then Downtown Disney, now Disney Springs. And there still is mm-hmm. one in Disney Springs, and there's one in the Grand Floridian now. Of course, <laughs> this is where I go to receive my princess transformation <laughs> complete with makeup, hair, a hair, new hairstyle. Obviously. Yeah, you gotta get that. You gotta get that top knot. <laughs> yes. No. Instead, I get the little shaker that that fills in the empty things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A manicure, a sash, which is how I like to live my life. A gown, a tiara, a wand, and more. They, you know, they do it up for you. Gotta get that gown. <laughs> gotta get that gown, and, and don't step on my gown. The mm-hmm. King's Gallery, which was the name of a former gift shop in the space. Uh, moved to Main Street Cinema on Main Street. That's what used to be the Bibbidi Bobbidi mm-hmm. Boutique. The front of the castle, as you may know, if you've ever been there, is used for all kinds of things, projections during the Happily Ever After show, and a bunch of other things as well. Um, obviously, they, they use the stage for the welcome show in the morning, and then other the mm-hmm. Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair, and different parts of uh, different shows for different events throughout the year, the Halloween party, Christmas party. There's been a couple of fireworks spectaculars, uh, probably the longest and most known were Fantasy in the Sky, which started in 1971, and I'm sure it underwent some changes along the way, but uh, it wound up being Wishes on October 9th, 2003, and of course that was replaced by Happily Ever After on May 12th of 2017. And obviously, I forgot to mention this in the beginning, but all of this information was found on touringplans.com, wdwnews.com. And I did do it, but I did find some of it on Wikipedia, guys. You got to do it. You got to do it. Well, they, but they do cite their sources from there. So it's not as terrible as it used to be, I guess. There were other places that I like would find that, you know, you could find all this information. So, and I wanted to point out too, um, something about king stephens or whatever people yeah. were kind of angry about that because king stephen is from beauty and uh, yeah. Sleeping beauty Wrong and they're king. like why is she like why is he have his own thing over here and he's from sleeping beauty and this is cinderella's castle so i guess they you know changed all that when they opened up cinderella's royal table yes. but that was kind of a stink for a while so Get it together yeah and i mean i know that's a lot of information but I don't know. I just loved, I loved like reading everything and being like, oh, cool. Okay. It's kind of like your own little mini keys to the kingdom. Yeah. For free, they don't really. Yeah. And they don't, (laughs) they don't really go over a lot of, I I don't remember them talking too much about the castle. I could be wrong. I just don't remember them talking too much about, about it in general. Yeah. 
so this was just part one, part two. Next week, we're going to cover yeah. Spaceship Earth and the Chinese Theater. Now, uh, it could be up for debate as to what the park icon for Hollywood Studios yeah. is. Um, for I Star think- Wars Studios, hashtag not my... MGM. Yes. Just saying. So I think it's best to go with, uh, let's call it the classic park icon. Yeah. Because um, now they use Tower of Terror a little bit in it, but like it's still, and yeah. I have a feeling they're going to go, this is an opinion, they're going to go back to using the theater once it becomes the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Right, that's yeah. A, that's a straight up Disney attraction. Right. Because Great Movie Ride wasn't all Disney movies, and the Tower of Terror is the Twilight Zone, which isn't really a Disney owned. Well, and this is the only thing that's ever been done after, like the attraction after Mickey Mouse himself. Yes. The big, so, the big cheese. That's right. Um, of course, follow us on Instagram at that park life podcast, especially on. So this is next, next Monday, but just keep your eyes peeled for it. Uh, if I do get to ride the Skyliner anyway, then I'll bring you yes! on with us, or at least with yes. me for that. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, my personal account at NRG adventures. You can find me at lost princess printing. And if you want to make us happy, you can leave us a review through iTunes and most um, podcast platforms, especially for you, if you have an iPhone, you can do it right there. I don't, I don't even think you have to leave this podcast. You should be able to click reviews and then add one. Yeah. Because um, we got a nice one uh, over the, the yeah, weekend. Yeah, we did. And it, it was, was very, very nice sweet. to read. It totally uh, balanced out the negative one. So, <laughs> hey, yeah. be honest. Um, Wait, did we get a negative we one? Did we did get a little negative one. I don't want to bring it. I don't want to draw attention to it because people are entitled to their opinions. Oh my gosh. But I'm I always totally think, gonna... like, if you don't like it, then don't listen and don't leave a review. That's my opinion. Right. And I'm like, I mean, guys, hello. I'm coming at you from a closet. What from can be closet. any better? What says dedication more than sitting amongst <laughs> shoes and wedges and, and bottoms dirty of clothes. dresses and shelves with nothing on it mm-hmm. and all kinds of things? So if nothing else, there's dedication there. Uh, head sure. over to thatparklifepodcast.com if you want to see some of our past episodes and other things that we've got going on. And we've got yeah, a couple of couple things in the works that I'm excited about, which we're not going to share. Um, but some, we always got – listen, I always feel like I got, secrets. I got stuff cooking. Greg's I got secrets. stuff – I got – Greg's got secrets. I got pots on the fire or whatever they're calling it. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, if there was anything that we left out that you kind of know, um, like fun facts about either of these icons, let us know. We would love to hear. I love, like, history – History is like my favorite thing. I just think it's so cool. Obviously, I'm from Charleston. We're like very historical th- things here. Whenever people are like new in town, I'm like, let's go do a carriage tour or like <laughs> a ghost tour or something because I just love doing all that kind of stuff. So I'm always into hearing more facts about things. Yes. And please tune in next. Tune in. This is not a radio show. Okay. Please tune in, please guys. Please uh, turn that dial to that I mean, Park Life podcast and tune on in. Tuning in on their podcast button. Next whatever. week uh, for part two, where we do uh, Epcot and Hollywood Studios, Disney's Hollywood whoop, Studios. Whoop. So this has been the Park Live Podcast. Thank you for listening, everybody. Hey, you can thank them too if you'd like. <laughs> I was waiting to see how long you were going to pause for. Bye. <laughs>